Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and uh, we're happy to be back with our good friends at AM1600, KOHI, in the state of Washington. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, on all social media sites, TV. And to find out about all the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, just visit www.xzbn.net. We're going to be talking to Nate and Kayla Ratterman this hour. They're the husband and wife owners of the Museum of Shadows. Their website is www.museumofshadows.com. And um, why don't we just get into it? Nate and uh, Kayla, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's our pleasure. Uh, uh, Nate, tell us how you got into the world of the paranormal investigating and uh, the uh, how you and uh, Kayla became owners of the Museum of Shadows. Uh, well, actually, in 2006, uh, I was actually a, more of a skeptic in the whole paranormal field. Uh, and then I had my experience. I moved into a house mm -hmm. and all this strange activity started happening from doors opening, closing to eventually seeing this older gentleman literally come up from the basement and just kind of appear right there in front of me. Uh, and it, it intrigued me. I wanted to capture more stuff and kind of put stuff out there and get answers for myself. And uh, from there, I did a lot of research mm -hmm. into the house, uh, basically found out that someone... Uh, I uh, was actually killed in the house, Ooh. and that person actually worked for the city, uh, which I find that to be very interesting as well, because when I was looking for information, they didn't want to provide it to me. They just told me to drop it and leave it alone. So, um, But yeah, from there, uh, I went on uh, A&E and did a show with them, mm -hmm. uh, and then that kind of started uh, the whole museum-type collection. People from around the world just started donating these haunted items to me, and uh, Years later, we ended up. I ended up meeting Kaylee, and then we ended up opening our uh, our uh, museum. So, Kaylee, have you always been a believer in the paranormal? I was, but I, I think I was more fifty-fifty. Mm -hmm. I guess I, you know, a part believer, part skeptic. What was the turning point? Was it the, the the haunted house that you moved into? Yeah, once I moved into that house, that literally changed everything. The articles that people send you from all over the world that are haunted, uh, do they give you any grief at any time? Um, would say that again, grief. Yeah, or you know, grief? you know, if 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 these things are haunted and they send them to you because they're haunted, and you have all this haunted memorabilia in your house, do they ever act up and subject you uh, to their hauntings? Yeah, every item we get goes into our quarantine building um, and basically goes through a process, usually typically two weeks, just so that we, we can make sure that there's something attached to that item. Mm -hmm. um, 
we do get a lot of things that are donated that don't, uh, but a lot of the stuff has a pretty strong attachment. I mean, I've seen apparitions, things just fly off the shelves, you know, items move, uh, strange voices that are coming through uh, in that room. Uh, lots of interesting things. And this, this question's for the better half, Kaylee. Um, have, have you always had an interest in the paranormal, dear? I have, actually. I've been experiencing things that I couldn't explain from the time I was a very young girl. Mm -hmm. I would have dreams about what would happen before it would actually happen. And so I've personally always been sensitive to the paranormal and been sensitive to spirits and the other side. So I've always known something was there. Um, so I was a little more open to it, I guess you would say. Now, I understand that uh, that you and Nate do paranormal investigations. Can you tell us about the organization that you that you do this with? So our organization is Trip Paranormal, and we're based out of Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. That's actually how I met my husband. He was looking for another person to join his investigating team. And with my background when I was younger, I thought it would be really neat to be able to learn more about the paranormal and do some investigating. And we are more scientific about how we do things. We do not assume everything is paranormal that happens. We actually take the steps to disprove what is going on before we can say, okay, yes, there's no way to disprove this. This mm -hmm. must be something paranormal. Uh, how do you do that scientifically? Well, we use a lot of the top of line equipment. Um, we, analyze everything for an example like if we're taking a photo mm -hmm. uh, we run everything through different software to make sure that it's not a reflection off you know some sort of piece of glass go back and look into that room at that exact spot try and recreate it and if we can't then you know after everything's been ran through software and uh, basically done in person then we know that it's something unexplained how many investigations <laughs> have you both conducted into the paranormal oh man <laughs> Uh, I would say, well, just at our museum alone, we've done over 700 already just this last year. Um, and then around the world, I would probably say into the several thousands. How do you do them around the world? Uh, we actually have, aside from the museum, we actually have a, a TV series in the works. So we, uh, you know, we travel around, we do some filming, uh, some investigating and, uh, even prior to that, we would just get calls from people asking us to come check out their home or business, and uh, we would go and uh, help them and provide them with some answers. Why you guys, and why why not other people? What is your specialty? Um, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the credibility. Um, I think uh, just because of our certain way of investigating, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of other you know credible teams out there, um, and you know I think that's just like the main main thing. Plus, I think they like that it's just a husband and wife and there's not like 12, 12 people on their team. Gotcha. Um, why do you think in the year 2018 so many people are interested in the paranormal? I think that people are just starting to open up more to the possibility that there is something else out there that can't be explained. Um, there's more shows out there now that are, that are providing evidence. There's, um, seems to be just people open in general to mediums, to spirits, to uh, information before that seemed to be lacking as far as evidence or even scientific evidence that there was something there. So I think, um, there's just a wider network for people to be able to research it and look more into it than there was in the past. You said scientific evidence of, of something being there. What kind of evidence is there? I mean, as far as what we've gotten, like we said, there's there's certain equipment, professional equipment you can get that'll analyze um, humidity, pressure changes around the activity you're having, electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, just being able to run it through software and find out if there was a different change in um, the environment around you, which I think is really cool to see that scientific side of it. How if you can be having a huge spike in the electromagnetic field, 
at the same time, there was a change in the humidity and pressure, whether it went up or down. I think that part of it is extremely interesting. But we know for a fact that, uh, that microwaves and other electronic equipment can cause those spikes. So how do you differentiate between a, an electronic spike and if something is, in fact, paranormal? Well, basically what you do, for example, let's say we went to investigate uh, a house mm-hmm. um, or, or a business. Um, you do a basic sweep, you know, you use your, you use your, like your K2 meters, you can use your millimeters and all those with all those devices detect, you know, the electromagnetic fields. So that way you can kind of do a base reading throughout the, the location to kind of document down on, you know, a notepad to that way, you know, okay, well I'm getting a spike over here, but there's also an electrical panel behind mm-hmm. that wall or, uh, maybe the furnace kicks on and a device will start going off. So that way you, you know that it's nothing paranormal and that it can be explained. So that way during your investigation, say a couple hours in, you're in the middle of the room and there was no documents or documented sp- spikes in that area. So then all of a sudden you're starting to get activity. You can look at, look back on your notes and say, okay, when I was in here, you know, mm-hmm. 10 feet away, I was getting spikes because there was an electrical panel. So then you can start kind of breaking it down and uh, looking at it that way. All right, guys, stand by. We've got to take a commercial, We've got to take a commercial break at the uh, at this point. Exo Nation. Our guests this hour are Nate and Kayla Ratterman. www.museumofshadows.com, and this is the Exo, a place where people dare to believe, dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exo Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeart Radio. If you'd like, send me an email, Exo, at exonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exo Radio TV, and we'll all be back on the other side discussing more ghostly haunted, mysterious things. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiak's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of the Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest and armed with over 40 years experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, This is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. 
Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Exonation, Nat and Kaylee Ratterman are our guests. We're talking about ghost haunting, same things that go bump in the night. We're also talking about the Museum of Shadows. Their website is museumofshadows.com. And what kind of neat things will people find in your museum, guys? Well, we have over 1,300 artifacts in there, haunted mm-hmm. artifacts that all have a spirit attachment to them. So some of the items, you would look at them and never know that there was anything attached to it. It might look like an ordinary item Mm -hmm. to the person walking in. And other items we have are very, very old and unique. Um, One of the items we have that people come in that are very excited to see often is we have an actual uh, ticket from the Titanic. So that's pretty cool. But how do you know that's haunted? Well, there's actually, uh, like my husband said, everything goes through a quarantine process before actually coming into the museum to make sure there is something attached to it. Why don't we do this? (laughs) Explain the quarantine process to us. Uh, So we have a a separate building uh, for our quarantine. So say, for an example, you send us an item. uh, Before you even were to send that item, we're in contact with you. We have you do a certain process to, you know, move that item from your home to make sure that that's actually the item that you believe has an attachment, um, and to kind of see if the activity stops once it's out of the out of the location. Uh, once we determine what item actually is, does have the attachment, then it gets sent to us. Uh, once it comes into our, our quarantine building, we literally uh, put it in a room. Uh, we have a building that has uh, 20 different rooms in it. Uh, soundproof, uh, has high-tech camera systems. Uh, We also have two uh, law enforcement officers that watch those just at night uh, when we're not there, just so that way we can kind of see what's going on in those rooms or with that item. Um, During that same time, we have all this high-tech equipment in there Mm -hmm. uh, from, you know, mel meters to REM pods to thermal imaging, uh, even other like trigger objects. You know, if, if we know that there's a child that might be attached to it, We'll put like a, a ball or, you know, some toys in there just to see if they'll move, that sort of thing. Uh, but everything goes usually through a two-week process just to kind of see what evidence and what kind of attachments actually attach to that item. So where did you guys get your scientific investigative training? Um, actually, I, I've worked with many uh personalities out there that are on TV. or on Some were on TV, some other. Mm-hmm aren't now anymore, but, um, so you, you basically had no formal training. I've had no formal training. Okay. It was just kind of, you know, dive in, get hands on, and then lots of research, studying, working with other professionals in the field and, uh, kind of going from there. With all the high tech equipment you have, and, uh, I, you know, you said you had two police officers who monitor the, the house or the, what is it? The, uh, Oh, we have a building. Yeah. It's a, a big building with uh, the 20 different rooms right, in it. Right, right, right. Okay, that's where you put everything to, when it comes to your place, to make sure that, I guess, it's okay before you put it in the museum? Yeah, basically, the whole the reason for the quarantine is just to see if there's something attached, because we get a lot of people that'll send us something mm-hmm. that they say has an attachment, and it doesn't, mm-hmm. and or they'll make up a story. And that's the other big thing, too, is everything is researched just so we can, you know, if something was killed or somebody was killed with it and we can look back and do research to actually see if there's medical proof of it, you know, pull records if possible, certain things, just to kind of make sure that something, you know, that it all checks out prior to coming in. Um, What is the ultimate goal then? Uh, what, What are you trying to prove? 
I guess my from what my I guess I'm not really I guess I'm not really trying to prove you know anything. Um, I guess I'm just kind of putting it out there to let others see uh, the history side of it, and then also you know evidence that we've captured uh, you know whether in quarantine or in the museum because uh, we do capture all kinds of different stuff whether it's a video, audio, that sort of thing, um, and let them kind of make their decisions uh, based on what they see and and what they, they read about. Okay, let me, let, let me ask the question a different way. Why do you do what you do? I love, I love what I do. <laughs> um, I guess I just, I love it because you never know what you're going to experience mm-hmm. or what you may uh, encounter or even see. Um, you never know, or what you may even hear. What's the strangest thing that you've seen or heard? Um, I've actually seen, I mean, I've seen several full-figure apparitions just in the museum alone. Um, I've seen one, of a, mm-hmm. he has like a cowboy hat on. Uh, I've seen a lady that has ties to the building back when it was a saloon. So um, she worked in the brothel upstairs. She shows herself quite often in the building, but I mean, I've, I've, I've heard so much on audio from full sentences to, you know, just like, Hey, I'm here. Hello. So it kind of varies. I've seen all kinds of stuff though. Why do you think, why do you think that certain people have the ability of hearing and, and, or seeing the, the apparitions or the other facets of the paranormal and yet other people can be right beside you and they see or hear nothing? Um, I think a lot of it is, I think they, some just choose to not want to be open to the idea that there may be something else out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably a lot of it. And they kind of, you know, they always find uh, more skeptics. They're like, oh, that's this or this, which is totally fine. I just think that if they were to just kind of be 50-50, you know, they would have an open mind, but yet look at it as, you know, a, a, as a skeptic point of view also, it, you never know. They might change their mind. Some people, too, are just naturally more sensitive to spirit around them. They're naturally more sensitive to energies, to feelings. So it really varies from person to person. Some people um, have been sensitive since they were younger, like right. I was, yeah. and they come into the museum to experience feelings. We've had people come in and say, um, that they were mediums or that they were sensitive to spirit and they wanted to come in to experience what they felt or to see if they even felt anything in there mm-hmm. and have told us um, about all kinds of stuff they've experienced there. So it can be um, really amazing to see people's reactions as well. The building that you use for your um, uh, for your museum how did you acquire it? Was it something that was haunted? Uh, actually, it, we the city contacted us mm-hmm. about asking us to open the museum there at that location. Ah. Uh, okay. We had we went in prior and investigated it just to see if there was anything attached, just because of all the history to the building. I mean, it was right. built in eighteen eighty one. You know, housed a saloon and a brothel, and then years later, doctor's office. Uh, and so like a drugstore and many other things, mm-hmm. uh, there's 13 murders if, and we're waiting that are confirmed, but we're waiting from the, the courthouse on a few others that they, that did happen there. Um, so, I mean, the building itself is very, very active and that's one of the main reasons why we chose it for the museum, just because with all the haunted artifacts, uh, and then putting them into an actual haunted building kind of created a big, uh, as you would say, like a, a paranormal hotspot. So would you say the city, uh, the, the fact that the city approached you into putting the museum there, that it's a tourist attraction for the city? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they're uh, totally on board. They love it. They, uh, like many of the city uh, staff pop in from time to time, at least a couple times a month, mm-hmm. and, uh, and say hi and ask how things are going, and they're excited that we're there. So does the city receive a fee for everybody going through your uh, museum? Um, no, not that I know of. (laughs) So, so there's no charge to go to the museum. Oh yeah. There's a charge. Yeah. I guess they, I guess they get the sales tax off of it. Yeah. And, and how much is it to go through your museum? 
Uh, it's fifteen dollars per person to tour through the museum. Wow. And there's three different levels, so you could take as long as you like. It's self-guided. We just give you a little bit of information to get you started and uh, some history of the place and uh, and stuff like that. And then after that, you're you can wander through the the levels and enjoy. There's a you know there's a lot of stuff that's gone on in that place. Uh, you say it was a bar. There was a brothel in there. There were what thirteen murders or thirteen deaths. Yep, thirteen wow. murders that happened in there. Uh, possibly more. Um, we're just, you know, waiting on the confirmation on those. Mm-hmm. Um, how long does it take you guys to do a paranormal investigation when you're away from the museum? Well, uh, if are you talking for like show wise? No, 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 no. I, I, I got to tell you something. I don't go in for reality TV. I really don't. Okay. I've, I've seen too much behind the scenes in the television world to give reality TV any credibility whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Uh, You go out to a house, and this person calls you up and says, Hey, Nate, um, I think my house is haunted. Would you and Kayla come on down and and take a look and and try and find out what's going on? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, we go out and we help people and try and provide them answers Mm -hmm. to either prove it or disprove the haunting, because not everything is paranormal. Yeah. We get a lot of calls where people will come in and they will they'll call us and be like, hey, can you come here? Because I'm experiencing all this activity. Mm-hmm. My door always closes at 2 a.m. Well, if you watch the camera footage back and the furnace kicks on, you know, every 20, 30 minutes, eventually the door will close. So it's not paranormal. I mean, you can disprove a lot of things. But, yeah, we go all over the world. We investigate. Um Normally, our investigations are 12 hours, no matter what we're doing, whether it's filming or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just kind of our standard uh, procedure. All right, hold on, uh, hold on, Nate. We've got to take our our break. Please stand by. Exonation, Nate and Kayla Ratterman are our guests. www.museumofshadows.com. This is The Exon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. 
Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And once again, I'd like to welcome all the listeners of AM 1600's KOHI in Washington, right near Mount St. Helens, I believe. Marty Rowe, the uh, head honcho over there. Hey, Marty. Nice working with you again, pal. Nate and Kayla Ratterman are our guests. They're a husband and wife team. They own a museum. It's called Museum of the Shadows. Their website is museumofshadows.com. All right, Nate, uh, we, were, we just got into talking about how you and, uh, and Kaylee conduct a paranormal investigation and how. So, what, you know, what is, what is the process you use? Well, it's, I mean, the process is basically, for an example, say you contacted me and I was going to your location. Okay. Um, I would, you know, ask kind of what you were experiencing prior to going. Mm -hmm. Um, and then literally we would just set up a time and go in and investigate. Uh, we would go through, do our base readings, um, yeah, basically go through and kind of set every, you know, cameras up, audio, video, that sort of thing and see what we capture. How often do you capture nothing? It actually happens quite often, (laughs) I would say in a week, say if you did five investigations a week, maybe mm-hmm. probably half of it. What do you, what do you uh, uh, attribute a lot of the misconceived paranormal activity to? I know you mentioned a furnace. Uh, furnace goes on every so often. You know, if the guy says the, uh, the door is going to close at around 2 o'clock and 2 o'clock, bang, the, the door closes. But what else uh, can attribute be attributed to the um, mis? identification of a natural phenomenon compared to a paranormal phenomena? Uh, like refrigerators, you know, they kick on, start running, uh, coolers. Uh, we have even had certain times where there's been animals that we've caught mm-hmm. that have been causing certain noises. We had bats multiple times that we've found um, that were causing some strange things to happen. Of course, noises, thumps, that kind of thing. Um, some people surprisingly are disappointed when you tell them that there wasn't any paranormal footage captured or any sort of conclusions we could came, come to that they've had activity. And that always shocks me when they're disappointed, I guess. Why do you think, you think they would be relieved? <laughs> yeah. Why do you think they're disappointed? I think a lot of them want to say that their location's haunted they really want you to go there and find something really good so that way they can kind of blow it up and be like, oh, there's this. They, they caught this here. You know, they mm-hmm. really want it to be haunted so that way they can get, you know, other teams in and just keep capturing all this stuff. So some some of them get upset when you don't actually capture anything. But what does this do to the credibility of the paranormal if if everybody is using, you know, hauntings as a way to get notoriety? It's actually frowned upon in the paranormal field because, I mean, there you got the genuine teams out there that are doing, you know, there to help and do the mm-hmm. right thing, and then you get others that the credibility is like gone because yeah. they trespass and do stuff that they shouldn't, and yeah, it just unfortunately it just kind of ruins it for, in a way, for everybody in the paranormal field. What about other aspects of the paranormal? Uh, cryptozoology, UFOs, extraterrestrial visitations, men in black. Do you guys uh, deal with that as well? Um, we've done uh, a deal with the UFO 
a couple different you know, a few years ago mm-hmm. at a location where there's been reported sightings and also with law enforcement and stuff involved. Um, we looked at it more as a, a paranormal type thing because we went there just to see, they asked us to go there actually to see if we could capture anything mm-hmm. uh, related, you know, spirit wise, even though it has ties to the UFO. But unfortunately we didn't capture a single thing. How about poltergeist? How about um, demonic possession? Oh, absolutely. Um, as far as like poltergeist activity, uh, you, you got to look at it in many different ways. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that believe, you know, poltergeist activity in different. Everybody believes differently. Mm-hmm. But I guess for what I believe in and what I believe poltergeist activity is, is just, you know, a spirit that's just letting you know they're there. Uh, I mean, you got some. A lot of people think, you know, like the, for an example, you get a ball or something or an item gets thrown. Uh, maybe that's just their way of getting your attention to let you know, like, hey, I'm here. Uh, but you also got to look at what else is going on prior at that exact time. And that's, you know, where all the other equipment comes in. All right. So all you, right. You, and you go out and you prove that ghosts are real. What happens after that? Uh, we just keep investigating. We just keep, you know, putting the evidence out there and let people. But, but if the but if you find the evidence, it's 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 accepted that sure ghosts are out there by the public. Then what? Just keep going. I mean, because you, you never know what you might. There's there's so much more that it'll never it'll never end. That's the thing is there's you never know what you could experience. I mean, everybody's trying to capture like the most amazing footage or audio and that sort of thing. But do you and, think that'll do you think that'll ever happen? Um, I think I mean a lot of people will capture a lot of amazing things, mm-hmm. but I think as far as you know, people are just going to keep keep investigating and keep just putting it out there, trying to make you know basically show everybody that there is something else that out there, whether you know you're a skeptic or not. Maybe at one you know the skeptics that might point them in the right direction to show that there is some. And if not, you know, that's one of the other things is I like for them to experience it firsthand. Um, and what I mean by that is like, for example, like I, we encourage a lot of people to come with us on some of our ghost hunts, right? Just so that way they can actually see and experience stuff for themselves. If anything were to happen. What could, so, what, what, how would somebody, I'm having a hard time because I'm hearing the uh, the echo in the background, so you'll have to excuse me if I stop for a second or two to try and figure out what's going on in the back. Um, when people go out and they want to become a paranormal investigator, what should they do? Well, as far as becoming like a paranormal investigator, um, before you first and foremost, before you do anything, as far as equipment-wise, you want to get you know your audio, you want to get you know, a, a video camera, because you, obviously you're going to want to capture it on video. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it depends on how far they want to go and how much they want to spend on equipment. Mm-hmm. Also, before you even go anywhere to investigate, you want to have permission, because if you trespass, your credibility will be gone. Not only your credibility, but you're breaking the law and you're uh, exactly. opening yourself you're up to You're breaking the law, you're trespassing, you can go to jail, exactly. you can get fines. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how do you deal a case where demonic possession is is a possibility? Well, we get, for example, we'll get. Uh, we actually have one case that we've done mm-hmm. where we had to go in because they believed that there was something demonic that was there, and we went in, you know, asked questions. There's different signs that you'll look for as far as like a demonic uh, haunting, as you would say, right? Um, Basically, you want to look for like the three knocks that uh, basically mock the Holy Trinity. Uh, there's like uh, with demonic activity, there's more of like a, a raw, like rotting flesh, sulfury type smell, grunts and growls, that sort of thing. Um, so the same kind of stuff that the same kind of stuff that we would have seen in the Exorcist movie or in the Amityville horror movie. Yeah, in a way. Okay. <laughs> It's actually extremely rare to run into anything that is demonic, though. And I think that's where the problem comes in with certain shows that Mm -hmm. are out there. 
that try to portray that everything is demonic. That's right. certainly right. false. It's extremely rare to run into a demonic case. And at that point, you know, we always involve them in the situation as far as talking to priests, talking to exorcists, if it gets to that point, um, or if it's to that level of somebody needing help, of course, we always offer the help out there. Um, but it is extremely, extremely rare. I don't think most people realize that. I see. Um, when you go out and there might be a chance that there is a demonic or some sort of poltergeist activity, would you bring an expert with you? Uh, it depends on the type of activity that the, the people have reported. Uh, and typically we don't. Uh, we've only have on one other occasion just because of the videos and the stuff that they, the people sent us prior mm -hmm. of the stuff that they kind of captured, like on their home security and that sort of thing. Um, we did bring somebody with just to let them go in kind of first and kind of see what they would experience and how they would react, uh, as we monitored, uh, from our, our control center. But, uh, typically no, we don't really take everybody or just an, another like priest or pastor or a bishop or anybody with us. Uh, so it's just you and the, so it's just you and the missus. Correct. All right, we've got to take our final break for this hour. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, Nate and Kayla Ratterman are our guests. Uh, they are the owners of the Museum of Shadows. Their website is www.museumofshadows.com. And they also, Nate founded Trip Paranormal in 2006 after having his first encounter with the paranormal. He knew there was more he could do to help others who were experiencing the same encounters he had. And, uh, you know, during the course of forming a group and looking for other people, he met his wife, now wife, Kayla. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our beautiful downtown Hamilton, Ontario, uh, Canada, studios and corporate offices. Don't go away. greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce, is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201 934-8986 or Skype at Elizabeth.Joyce and for more information you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. 
Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Exonation, are you believers or are you skeptics? Send me your email, exon at exonradiotv.com, and you'll be able to find out how the poll uh, ranked at xzbn.net. On the information that you sent us, uh, you said that uh, you do ghost hunts four times a week in the evenings. Wow. Yeah. Is this just within your little community? Uh, well, Sometimes uh, we we do a lot uh, during uh, at the museum, mm-hmm. uh, and then also you know when we're not at the museum, we're literally you know in another state or somewhere filming or investigating. To date, what has been your most um, most scary case you've worked on? For me, honestly, it was actually a residence in texas that we went to we were helping out the family they had reached out to us multiple times and were concerned about the activity they were having they were having some poltergeist activity or poltergeist type activity from what they thought several different things and at this particular location i actually witnessed uh about six and a half foot tall dark shadow figure come running towards me. Um, definitely very startling, not something you would expect to see. Mm-hmm. And it was just very, very intense there. I would say that was the one that probably shook me up the most. We're pretty much um, used to activity and used to experiencing things, of course, but that was probably the most intense for me. And how about you, Nate? <laughs> uh, for me, I would say I investigated an old prison and I had, uh, for one, I was sitting in one of the cells and just kind of asking some questions. And I heard like sounded like footsteps walking up. Uh, I, I remember I peeked out through the or through the little doorway there, didn't see anybody. Uh, sat back down, continued to ask questions. And next thing you know, the gate actually closed. Um, I had at the exact same time that the gate closed, uh, a couple of my devices in there started going off and then they just, uh, basically got flipped over or moved, which I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, Didn't expect it to happen, but it was pretty, pretty interesting. I'd have to say those would be, that would be my top, top one. Uh, And then also later that night I ended up getting, uh, uh, a brick thrown at me. Um, that was, they were kind of doing some work in the area and it was, I was on the stage type thing or open room area. And, uh, next thing you know, there was a brick that came flying across and came pretty dang close to to hitting me. How can something Um, that has no mass, has no volume, can't be seen, physically lift something and throw it? Uh, just the amount of energy that they can have, uh, they can, that's why they always you always hear of like battery drains and stuff, uh, different malfunctions in electrical equipment like cell phones, watches, that sort of thing. Uh, when some sort of activity is going on, it's just because they're feeding off that energy, just so they can either you know show themselves or move something or throw something. Hmm. We hear a lot about orbs. What is your take on orbs? A lot of orbs, I, I believe, are just dust. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been a few that 
I've seen just with my own eyes, it just mass appeared uh, ball like and it had kind of like a tail to it and uh, just a strange pattern. Um, but like a lot of the cameras out there, you know, they're, they record in high quality. Yeah. So that's one thing you're going to want to watch out for is, you know, you're going to see the dust particles flying through the air. So not paranormal. That brings up another question. How about EVPs? What is your, your opinion on EVPs? Um, I, I love audio and I love to capture things. Mm -hmm. Um, there's many different, I mean, I do two different types. For an example, if I'm uh, running one device that's more of a digital recorder, I'll also be running one that is a cassette tape just so I can kind of see, you know, if one captures it, the other one should capture it at the exact same time. And that way I can kind of rule out things. Since you're an audio uh, guy, why do you think that the the EVP can only be heard after the recording and not during the time of the recording? Uh, it's just because they're using like the, the energy, like from the device or like the white noise from like the tape recorder. They can use that to kind of interact. Um, there's a lot of times where you'll hear a disembodied voice with your own ears. And then when you go back to play it on audio, you won't hear it. So it's kind of an interesting deal. It is. It is. Where do you think the next uh, breakthrough in paranormal investigation is going to come from? That is a really good question. Um, there, There's no two cases that are alike. Mm -hmm. I can say from experience that we've had, you don't go to the same location or different locations and experience the same thing over and over. There's always different things that are happening and new things we're experiencing even. So it's hard to say where the next breakthrough is going to be. Um, we are just out there to try to help people to try to figure out the issues they're having in their homes and, and with activity, whether they end up having it or not, we're there to listen and say, we understand we have experienced this. And if you like us to come out and give you some peace of mind, that's, that's what we're more than happy to do. You give them peace of mind, but what about the activity that is giving them the mental unrest? What happens to that? Some people assume that um, everything that's happening in their home is going to be negatively associated because of a lot of stuff that's out there, assuming everything paranormal is mm -hmm. um, going to be bad or hurtful to them. Um, so it can be giving them peace of mind by saying, you know, that there was nothing found there or that there is an intelligent spirit. Um, that was possibly attached to the house back in the day, depending on the research that we find um, going back into the house or the land. So um, some people just have rest knowing, okay, I'm fine that there was something found here, but it's not going to hurt me. Um, some people just want someone to listen to them. They have, they feel like no one's going to believe them or no one's going to listen to what they've experienced in their homes. So some of it is just relief of us saying, yes, you know, that is, that is common to experience and we'll be more than happy to come out and, and look around for you and see what we find. If you do discover <laughs> a spirit or some, some entity, how do you get rid of it? Uh, well, there's many different things you can try and do. You can mm -hmm. try saging the house. Uh, sage not, doesn't always work. You can try having the house blessed. Um, sometimes that'll work. Uh, it, Sometimes they may not. They may just lay dormant for years before they decide to interact again. Um, but a lot of the things is, too, is if the homeowner can just simply ask them, hey, you're not welcome here, you can leave. Or if they're happy with them being there, they can just be like, I, I appreciate you staying here, but I still would like you to respect my boundaries and, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, but I mean, as far as getting rid of spirits, it's not always a guarantee. I mean, you can go in and you can, like I said, you can do the saging. Sometimes yeah. the saging will increase activity. Even with having the house blessed, it can increase activity. I, I, my, my question is, why would a spirit listen to a human if the spirit, you know, has the ability of evading the, the um, you know, the people who are in the house? They can't be seen. And if they want to cause chaos, they, they can and they will. So why would any spirit listen to any person? 
who's alive, well, that is. Right. And that's that's kind of the whole point mm. is there is no guarantee. You know, if there was a surefire way of saying, hey, we're going to get rid of these spirits and they're never going to come back again. No one would ever have any problems with paranormal activity or with spirits in their home. There's there's just no guarantee to ever um, get rid of spirits. So, um like Nate said, there's certain things you can try and there's certain steps you can take, but there, there is no guarantee. And it's just, um, kind of, it is what it is. And you learn to live together, um, in some instances. Is there such, (laughs) is there such a thing as a good ghost or a good, good spirit? Yeah. I mean, a lot, as far as the whole demonic thing goes, like, you know, we mentioned earlier, it's Mm -hmm. very rare for those cases a lot of people mistake them as, you know, just as in a very intelligent haunting. And what I mean by intelligent is you could be like, can you move that TV remote? Can you move that chair? And they'll physically do it. Like the, when you ask them to do something, they'll do it. But most spirits uh, are just very curious. They just want to let you know that they're there. They're not really there to hurt anybody or do any sort of harm. They're just there to say, hey, we're here. Don't forget about us. All right, guys, uh, the time is up where you and I must say so long for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, at Exo Nation, if you'd like more information about Nate or Kayla Ratterman, or if you'd like to uh, find out how you can go and uh, visit the Museum of Shadows, their website is www.museumofshadows.com. That's www.museumofshadows.com. And don't forget, Exo Nation, there is a $15 entrance fee. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not very surprising that the city would use this as a tourist attraction. You know, the paranormal is a business. No matter what way you look at it, the paranormal is a business. And with, like with any other business out there, be consumer savvy. If it's too good to be true, it is. And always, always do do. Do, do, wait a second here. This is a hard one. Do your due diligence in checking things out because the ultimate responsibility lies with you as the consumer. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to send an email, X-Zone at com on all social media sites, TV. And, of course, to find out what programming we have available for you 24-7-365, www.xzbn.net. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.